I'm Nelly Sapon, and this is Two Southern Corners. In every episode, you listen to short stories written by my friend, Eleni Noah, and I. Each story is spiced with flavor from our Latina and African roots. You can also read them on twosoutherncorners.com. That is, twosoutherncorners.com. Listen now to one of our short, long-lasting stories. Requiem for an Illusion Written by Eleni Noah I watched him move his lips, confession after confession. Each one worse than the other. Details that prickled the skin, that stabbed. His voice became a more and more distant echo. Suddenly, I was no longer there. I'd left my body and was floating. I saw me, and I saw him from the outside. I was a victim, but I was also a witness. Listening to every word he said, but feeling nothing. Nothing. I believed it was a gift from God, to ache with his pain, but not with mine. To see him as the victim of his own mistakes and myself as the saint who would free him from his own torments. Such nonsense. The trauma had collided with my body and my mind had no choice but to get into suspension and deactivate all my emotions. It was me, but only a shell. Surviving. Survival was the only thing my instinct wanted. To survive run away, and then see what to do next. He was confessing non-stop. All the silences I had reproached him for, all those years, he filled them abruptly and drowned me in it. His maelstrom of truth so long held back. He cried, and I just watched. My gaze was more that of a stranger than that of a deceived wife. So long had I lived a lie. So long. No, it hadn't been so much a lie as a cohabitation of suspicions. I thought myself crazy for too long. I thought that what my instincts were telling me were just ideas caused by estrogen or neuroticism. He had never shown me any signs of a life, contrary to what we had agreed on. Except for a few slight details that caught my attention but which I forced into the basement of my memory. I knew. I think I knew deep down. But I decided not to know. I'd made a pact. I'd told myself and I intended to keep it. We had married at his insistence after all. Why had he been so eager? It must have been for love, mustn't it? Such logic, so fragile. Faded as he continued. The memory of his younger face flooded my gaze. It was not the 30-year-old man in front of me. But the 20-year-old one I had fallen in love with. His hair had not yet fallen out. And a light beard covered his face. You don't know what you're asking for. He had said to me. When as friends, 
I had confessed my feelings to him. That had been a warning. A slight attempt by him to keep me safe from his demons. It hadn't been enough. I had overlooked it. You don't know what you're asking for, Anna. Anna, the 30-year-old man was calling out to me. I stared at him as I had for the last half hour. He asked if I was okay. That wasn't the right adjective. I wouldn't be for a long, long time. I nodded in silence and he continued. God, how much longer would his resume of infidelities be? I was hungry and I needed to get out of the flat. I looked at the door and imagined opening it, going down the stairs, walking the three blocks to the train, traveling to the airport, buying a one-way ticket and then arriving in Asuncion with nothing but the winter clothes I was wearing. How funny it would be to arrive in 38 degrees with thermal trousers and a thick jacket. I would leave behind my cats, my dogs and my books. They were all I had and all I needed and yet I was ready to abandon them. I wanted to walk away, throw away the phone and never come back, never to see that treacherous face again. God, how deceitful. A wave of pain, the first of many to come, hit me. It was like the first contraction of a laboring woman. It's not that painful, a naive first time I would think. The worst would come later. Well, the pain of childbirth at least had a happy ending. It was one that gave birth to life. Mine was the opposite. They were death contractions, life slowly dying to give way to their spawn. A disgusting thing that would live with me for the rest of my life, follow me everywhere and call me mommy. I could start over. But where? Not at my parents' house, because I couldn't bear mum's well-meaning kisses or dad's unwanted reproaches, reminding me again and again of my failure. No, I would go to a friend's. But who? I didn't have many. And in situations like these, the list would shrink even more. It didn't matter. I would find one. I would have limited options, but at least I had them. In Berlin, I had no one but him. Him! who at that moment was a stranger. I fantasized about running away while he continued his murderous speech. By the time he finished, I was no longer the romantic girlfriend and the passionate wife. Christmases and birthdays, pet adoptions and trips together. He had tainted them all with his betrayal. I had no clean memories left. They were all marked with lies. I searched desperately for one, one that would still be intact, oblivious to everything that had been happening right there. There was nothing left. He had been unfaithful to me since the engagement. He hadn't even granted me, if only out of pity, one measly year of fidelity, not even the first, which was supposed to be perfect. In just half an hour, he had destroyed 12 years of life together. All my memories all my idyllic ideas of what we had been and all that we could be in the future. There we were. The two of us, 
and an endless distance between us. Bullshit. There were the two of us and all the girls whom he had been unfaithful with. It was him and his grandstand jeering at me. The blind wife. The stupid girlfriend. The new widow. I'm going to a hotel. I said with my back turned before leaving and closing the door. He didn't answer. In the hotel room, I returned to my buddy and the labor pains grew stronger. The floodgates opened and in one fell swoop, I felt everything I had been holding back. I cried. I cried for 12 years of lies, of lost youth, of unrequited love, of giving myself entirely and getting nothing in return. I cried for the life I could have had and had been denied for the injustice that had befallen me, for having said yes when I should have run away, for the shame and disgust for the fidelity I gave and the infidelity I received, because despite having given myself to only one, through his infamy, I had given myself to many others and would forever be connected by the invisible cord of his lust. I cried because I also felt guilty. Then I felt guilty for feeling guilty. I cried as I faced this hidden patriarchal way of thinking inside me. The one that made me feel unattractive. That I hadn't been enough. That I had collaborated in some way. That I had even pushed him to do everything he had done. No, 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 no. I didn't push him. I didn't push him into anything. I might have done it once. But not the hundreds of times he slept with others. No. The victim there was me. The brunt of the offense had to be on him. I was amazed at my body's capacity to provide so much crying and its ability to feel physical pain like an echo of the immense grief I'd carried inside. It was several days of the same Reddened eyes, a pit in my stomach, and wrenching pain in my bowels. I writhed all over until there were no tears left, nothing inside that needed to come out. Whenever I saw my sanity threatened, I went for a walk. I looked enviously at others and imagined their lives more pleasant than mine. I'd sit on the benches and wonder what to do with the scraps that remained. The world moved in slow motion, as it waited patiently for me to climb back on its back to continue the journey. Only, I didn't know if I wanted to go back up. And if I did, I didn't know where I wanted to go. I knew nothing. I just wanted to sleep and not wake up again. Days gave way to weeks, and from the hotel to a private room on the other side of the city. I needed to be alone and think. About me? About the future? About him? About us? Would I start over, or would I seek to restore what we had had? But what was left to restore? The marriage we had had was dead. He had killed it and buried it long ago. 
only I hadn't heard about it. Months were the necessary distance I needed to feel less and think more. I did the sums and subtractions of our life together. I was surprised at so many moments that seemed genuine. Had he been faking them? It didn't seem so. I recognized his many honest hugs. His morning laughter in bed. His rushes to the hospital when I was sick. His tears shed with mine. His pain. His grief seemed genuine to me too. I looked back on that June afternoon and saw that it had all been very real. The heat in the room. The hunger I felt. The discomfort he couldn't hide. And finally, his confession. His confession seemed genuine to me. His tears. His words. His repentance. His despair. God, what was I doing? Was I excusing him after everything he had done to me? No, he didn't deserve it. But but I couldn't overlook that truth. The question was, what good was that truth to me? He emailed me one morning. He had started therapy and was asking if maybe we could talk. I didn't respond. Then he sent me another email. And another. He wrote to me often. Sometimes just a sentence. Sometimes a long account of what he was doing. How the pets were doing. And how much they all missed me. I could have blocked him. But I didn't. I wasn't sure why. I hadn't thought about it before. But it seemed like a good idea to seek help. I analyzed every feeling every emotion, every memory, in a lot of therapy sessions. I bared my soul and examined it. I observed and discovered myself. I didn't know how, but I had been carrying the weight of guilt all that time. I forgave myself for having chosen him, for having wasted so much time just suspecting but not doing anything else. I forgive myself. I replied to his email one April morning. He had asked, as he always did, if I might want to come to the flat to see the pets. I knew he was hoping we could talk too. I hadn't seen him for almost a year and wondered what it would feel like when he was in front of me. It was time to figure it out, to continue life, with or without him. Actually, I already knew. It was time I said it out loud. Did you like what you just listened to? Then subscribe to our newsletter on 2southerncorners.com to be the first one to receive a new story every week. Don't forget to share this with your friends. We'd also love to hear from you. Send us a message on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us there as Nelly Sapong 37 and 
lenny.noah. And last but not least, please consider supporting us so we can continue delivering these short stories to you here and on our website. You can do this with a monthly or a one-time contribution at buymeacoffee.com slash forward southern corners. That is buymeacoffee.com slash forward southern corners. See you next time. Thank you.